0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we talk about everything business-to-business sales. My name is Heidi Solomon-Orlick, and I am the founder and CEO of Girls Who Sell. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but to building the largest pipeline of diverse, early-stage female sales talent. We are more than a company. We are a movement. On today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to the amazing Lindsay Boggs. Lindsay is Global Director of Sales Development for Lucidworks, which builds, develops, and provides coaching for high-performing development teams. She is a TEDx speaker, LinkedIn top influencer, co-founder at UN Crashed, and was listed as one of the 16 top influencers to follow in sales. Lindsay, welcome to the spotlight, and thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Heidi. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, uh,
0: we usually start with why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you got into sales?
1: Sure. Um, I got into sales really by happenstance. I majored in opera, and opera didn't quite work out for me. And I decided to take an interview basically from a, on a whim, uh, a, a couple of ladies that I met at a dinner that I wasn't supposed to go to were there and they were in sales and they were really hyping it up saying, you know, it's really not that bad. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, cold calling sounds horrific. I don't know if I can do this. And I always thought sales was for men. Cause that's what I had always seen on TV and heard about. And my dad was in sales and I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but They said, go read the book, spin selling, and you'll be fine. And I said, okay. And they coached me up. They helped me um, with the interview and I got the job as an SDR and I started from the bottom and I worked my way up and the rest is history. So that's really how I got into sales. That's amazing.
0: You know, I know, I remember spin selling when it came out, um, what are some of, do you remember, like, what are some of the key takeaways from that, that uh, inspired you to make the jump?
1: <laughs> um, you know, it's been so long since I've read it. I don't really remember the the ultimate key takeaways. I just remember a lot of questions, just ask a lot of questions. And when yeah. they, when they ask you, if they ask you to sell a pen in the interview, you need to ask them questions about the pen. Don't say, You know, look at this pen. How pretty is it? Those kind of things, you know, ask them what they like in a pen and things like that, because I had never sold anything before and I never had been in retail or I never did anything. I was a nanny growing up um, as my job in high school. I never did retail or did uh, weighted tables or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. My dad was one of the best sales people I knew. But if you had told me growing up that I was going to be in business to business sales, I would have said like, uh-uh, no way <laughs> in a million years would I be doing that as a career. Uh, right. Then here we are, you know, all we are later and it's the best professional in, profession in the world. But, you know, obviously it's still very male dominated. I mean, when you and I started your, you know, years ago, um, it was even more male dominated. So um, you were sharing a, a bit of a story with me at the beginning of our conversation about um, an incident that happened that really infuriated you and, and, and actually has fueled you for, for all of these years. Maybe you can share that with our audience.
1: Yeah. So one of my VPs of sales that I used to work for came up to me when we were at an after an after work party and I was doing really well in that role at the time. Um, and he said to me, Lindsay, you are so good in sales for a woman. Unbelievable. And my husband was next to me when he said that, and I was taken aback. And I was just, you know, for a moment, I, I was appreciative of him saying I'm really good in sales. That felt good. But then when he tagged it on the end, saying for a woman, I was like, wait, what does that mean? You know, like, does that, <laughs> so I just had to like, it. like what, why not
0: yeah. qualify it?
1: Yeah. I mean, does that, yeah. So I had to process that and let it sink in and that just really irked me. And, um, it made me work harder. And I don't know if that was his intent for me to work harder because I've always felt like I've had to work harder than, and outperform the men. Um, but it made me work harder and maybe that was his intent to make me work even harder. Cause I, I made club, um, but it's been infuriating, and I tell that that story to all the all the women on my teams that I've ever had, um, because I want them to know that's not okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and 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 the facts are, um, women. I mean, we we do outperform our our male counterparts, but we are um, put into situations where we do have to work harder and earn the right each and every day for a seat at the table um mm-hmm. you know not in the same way that a that a man does right yep and i i i just i don't understand it i know that you're really um you know an advocate and you know into mental health right and you've done yes. a lot of great work in that area um where do you think i just even just from a you know mental health perspective like where do you think that Perception is coming from,
1: you know, I think that perception is coming from just the fact that women feel like we have to not, we don't have the right to sit at the table, like you mentioned. Um, I think there's a lot of this whole holding back, like we have to ask the permission to sit at the table where we. We don't earn the same amount of money as men. We still don't earn the same amount of money as men. Um, We feel when there's a job description that gets posted, if we we don't meet every single requirement, we don't apply for the job. We have to tick every single box. Whereas if a man sees the requirements and he meets 50% of the requirements, he'll apply for the job and he probably will get it. Whereas women, we don't even apply for it because we have to tick every single box. And it's, it's just how I think we're wired and how society is conditioned and it's unfortunate. And I'm part of a movement with Uncrushed and with mental health, where I'm trying to get more women in leadership and in sales to step up to the plate and, you know, talk about it more to get more women to go into leadership, to go into sales leadership, to be in sales, because Sales is not just for for men. Sales is also for women. And to break the stigma of that, it's just a man, a male dominated field.
0: Yeah. And I think that's going to be so important for the future of women in sales, because, you know, it's a fact that there's inherent bias in the in the hiring process and Mm -hmm. women hire women. Right, mm-hmm. And so I think, and would you agree that as women begin to make their way up in larger numbers uh, in sales leadership, that inherently they will end up bringing more women onto their teams?
1: Absolutely. And I'm really proud right now. Um, my my team right now is, is half women, half men. And I'm really proud of that. That's something I'm very, very proud of because I want to make sure that that it's that way. I want to make sure that we have just amount the the same amount of women as we do men.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. That's actually a great accomplishment. So good for good for you. Um let's uh let's shift gears a little bit to uh to talk about mental health because Mm -hmm. sales is a hard job. Mm -hmm. And um you know so what are your thoughts around you know self-care and handling rejection and, and how, you know, how to um, I guess integrate mental, mental health or, or, or self-care into your practice, right. For sales. Cause I, I think it's burnout is a huge issue. I mean, oh, yeah. and look, it, 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 shows itself. I mean, it raises its ugly head in a lot of different ways, but particularly with um, attrition numbers and sales,
1: right? Absolutely. And the great resignation is a big thing right now. And it's, it's really tough. And what I will say is that it comes down to making sure you're taking care of yourself. And it's so much easier said than done. But one of the things that I've started to do is in 2019, right before the pandemic, thank God I did this. I went to a meditation retreat and I was a big skeptic about this. I was very skeptical but um i had a tragedy in my life in 2016 my sister melissa passed away and i have suffered insomnia ever since and i was having trouble sleeping and i have tried everything i've tried prescription drugs i have tried um literally everything under the sun to get me sleeping and i the last thing i hadn't tried was meditation so i went to a meditation retreat and i learned how to meditate and what i will tell you is there are free apps on your phone that you can download calm Um, headspace, and even five minutes of meditation in the morning or afternoon or anytime can help ground you and help you focus. And it just takes self-care like meditation. And I know it sounds strange to some people that have never tried it, but that will really help you focus and give you some me time and get you focused. So meditation is great. Also, we're working now more than ever People's calendars, because you're working from home, people will see a free spot on your calendar and just take it right. When we were in the office, we had this time to go get a, get some coffee in the break room or we had time to go to the bathroom or we had time to go chit chat in the break room. We don't have that now. So people are just taking time on your calendar schedule 15 minute breaks throughout the day where you have me time to go do your laundry or go get a bite to eat or go for a walk around the block. These are super important things you can be doing.
0: Yeah. I, I love all of that advice and it, I just, I, all day long, I just feel I go from one call to the next call to the next call. And so for me, this is definitely the pot calling the kettle black because I could do a much better job of, um, you know, of, of scheduling in those breaks. Um, but I think too, you know, just in, in, in sales. Well, I don't know for me, sales is, Pretty emotional, right? Like it's a it's kind of an emotional roller coaster. What kind mm-hmm. of guidance do you give to sales professionals on how to compartmentalize, particularly compartmentalize rejection? Uh, that that the no is not a no to you or it's not personal, you know, and and just know that it's business, right? And it, yeah. it means that it doesn't mean no means, you know, it's just not the right solution for us right now or something like that, right? There's a lot of techniques I know around that, but um, how, how, you know, what kind of guidance can you give to some of our listeners on, on how to um, compartmentalize those things so that we don't take it quite as personally?
1: I, I would say there's two things I tell my team all the time. Number one is, will this matter in five years? I tell them that all the time. Um, will this matter in 5 years this no that you just you got hung up on they cursed at you they didn't buy from you they you closed lost a deal or what have you will this matter in 5 years will you remember this person in 5 years that just swore at you on the phone no you're not going to remember them in 5 years number 2 i remind them that this is just a job you are selling software no one's lives are at stake no one died on the t- operating table so you have to remember, this is just a job. Yes. It seems like your whole world right now. And I get it. And I work with a lot of young professionals right out of college and they think this is their whole world. And I, I love, I love that part of them so much because this is a really big job for them, but I have to also remind them that this is just a job that no one's lives are at stake. And I had to learn the hard way by losing my sister that this was just a job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that that's that's great advice you know girls who sell um right now our mission is uh we work with college-aged uh young women and early college graduates uh, positioning sales as a viable career choice with the goal of building the largest pipeline of diverse early stage female sales town that's Mm -hmm. our mission as a as a company So I'm interested, since you mentioned that you hire students out of college, what's your approach and what do you look for in those candidates?
1: Yeah, I look for hungry, hungry professionals that want to start their sales career, that are eager to learn, eager to fail, eager to win, eager to just start their sales career and maybe they want to start in sales and then maybe they get into sales and they want to take off and do something different. And that's fine because I do have some professionals that start off in sales and they get a taste of sales in six months. And they're like, you know what customer success sounds exciting. And that's fine too. Yeah. Um, but somebody that is really willing to just go all in and we have a really robust sales training program at Lucidworks, which is really exciting. Um, And, you know, somebody that is coachable, somebody that is eager to learn and just really, really hungry and wants to do call reviews and call coaching and learn all the things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think hungry is, is really important. I tell our students too, because the first course that we launched was our explore sales program. And, um, and it's interesting because what I tell our students is that, you know, you may go through this course and think sales is the best thing ever, or you might get to the end of the course and self-select out. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Because I think particularly at that age, and I'd be interested in your perspective, it's as important to know what you don't want as it is to know what you do want. It's kind of like dating, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, you start d- dating and, and, you know, it's like, you no, know, these are the deal breakers for me and I'm not willing right. to compromise on X, Y, Z, but you know, yeah, maybe these other things, you know, are, are nice to have. So um, yeah, I think that, that is important, particularly right outside of school, you know, when you're trying to figure out what you want to do um, mm-hmm. with, your, with your life. Absolutely yeah yeah that that's interesting well i'm really sorry to hear about your sister oh, and you. um and that uh you know how that that changed your you know your, the trajectory and, and of your life i lost both my parents um in 2019 um, within twelve days of each other, after sixty-four years of marriage.
1: Oh gosh, I'm and, so
0: sorry. Yeah, and um, I will tell you, yeah, it's 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 tragic, but um, you know, out of that, actually, gave me the strength to be able to step back and say, you know, what's my purpose? What's my legacy? What do I really? you know, how can I leave the world a little bit better place and how I found it. And actually that is why, and how girls who sell was born. So I know you're doing some amazing work. Um, and I know that your sister is, is watching you and and cheering you you. on. So
1: thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So
0: what, um, so, you know, to, to our, uh, you know, students or maybe career transitioners who are listening today, what kind of guidance and advice would you give them if they're considering a career in sales?
1: I would say go on LinkedIn, find the people that intrigue you and follow them on LinkedIn, reach out to them on LinkedIn, add them on LinkedIn, uh, send them a note and ask for their advice. And you'd be so surprised at how many people will take a call with you. Um, find the people that whose job you want, find SDRs or find, you know, managers of sales and talk to them and get your name out there. Um, you'd be so surprised at how many people are willing to help or mentor you. And that's the biggest advice I would give you. Um, follow those people, reach out to them and start networking because, the world is your oyster, and LinkedIn is the best place to do that. So, reach out to people, get your name out there, start building your brand. That's the best advice I can give you.
0: Yeah, and apply for jobs even if you don't meet a hundred percent of the qualifications.
1: Yes, absolutely. Apply, apply, apply. apply. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I are. Is there anything? How can people get a hold of you? Um, is there anything else that you'd like to, uh, talk about today in terms of your nonprofit organization? You know, yeah. um, feel free
1: things. to, yeah. Feel free to add me on LinkedIn, Lindsay Boggs, B O G G S. Um, feel free to add me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to add you back and Uncrushed is the nonprofit I co-founded and, uh, feel free to follow us on LinkedIn as well. That sounds awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for
0: your time today. I appreciate it.
1: Thank and you.
0: Uh, take take care. Thank
1: you, Heidi. Hey, okay, bye-bye. bye.